Hello, everyone. Welcome into the PHNX Diamondbacks podcast. My name is Jesse Friedman. This guy is Jacob Franklin. No, Derek is not back from Disneyland yet. Uh, we're getting there. Uh, Isaiah says, hello, Jesse, Jacob, and Michaela. <laughs> Unfortunately, Michaela is not joining us today. No, you're just, will not be with us. You're just uh, stuck with the two tall white guys in the office. Um, <laughs> this is the, the tall white guy show. Um, anyway, this show is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one rated sportsbook app uh jacob we are about 24 hours away from the major league baseball trade deadline and uh not much is happening crickets crickets Crickets. yeah it's i mean (laughs) i feel like this is pretty prototypical for the mlb trade deadline where yeah you might get a few deals that trickle through and i think the josh Hader deal kind of took everybody by surprise uh and especially made shockwaves through the west um, but other than that, you haven't seen really anything and you're not hearing anything other than the Soto stuff and you probably won't honestly. Yeah. yeah it seems like Juan Soto is very much, uh, holding up the market at this point, uh, which is a pretty common thing. If there's one really, really big name out there, like a Juan Soto available that kind of holds things up a little bit. Um, but we did have a couple of trades go down today. Josh Hader is now a San Diego Padre. Um, that's figures to be one of about 14 moves that AJ Preller makes in the next 24 hours, just uh, (laughs) given his history. So I'm sure the Padres are probably not done. Um, But beyond that, I think we had a reliever move earlier. Scott Mm Efros was traded uh, from the Chicago Cubs to the New York Yankees. Um, But yeah, other than that, not a whole lot happening at this point. So uh, hopefully the next 24 hours will no. be a little bit more exciting than what I we've think seen the, so far. Um, I think the bigger news about the hater move is what the Padres didn't give up in that deal. Yeah. Um, you look at the players that went through. They traded away uh, Rogers, the closer. They traded away a couple prospects. Um, but they didn't give up Abrams. They didn't give up their first, second, or fourth prospects that are all projected to go in a Soto deal yeah. if they were to make that deal. So they basically just left themselves with an open door for Soto. Yeah. None of the guys that are projected to go away in a, in a deal that big were on the move for Hater. Yeah, the biggest name in my mind was was honestly Denelson Lamette, yeah. uh, just given that he's been a pretty darn good starting pitcher in the past. I know injuries have very much hindered his major league career. Uh, Michael McDermott uh, says in the comments, Soto is down to... Cardinals and Padres, in my opinion, Dodgers are named, but they don't offer anywhere close to the trade package the Cardinals can put up. And yeah, I think that's fair. It feels like anytime there's a big name on the market, the Dodgers are just like, they're always in the mix. Like you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They always have the money and their farm system is always good. So they always have like the prospect capital that it would take in order to make one of those moves. But it is true. You don't often see the Dodgers like actually pull the trigger on some of these trade deadline things. Um, but although we have seen it before, it has happened before. Does it, it just makes baseball like when the Dodgers make a move like this, it just makes baseball so much like it is just not fun to watch baseball <laughs> yes. after that. Like if the Dodgers you get one the Soto, best team in baseball adds like the you know, best player. And, in baseball? and then you have a two, three, four of Mookie Betts, Juan Soto, and yeah. Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Oh, and not to mention you also have Chris Taylor. You have Justin Turner. You know, you have Cody Bellinger. There was a time when I would defend the Dodgers on some level. Um, I would never defend the Dodgers like all out, right? I mean, that would be heresy. But I have defended the Dodgers in the past, and a lot of people have said that the Dodgers are the type of team that just goes out there and spends all sorts of money. And, you know, they sign away every other team's best player, and that's how they get good. For a while, that wasn't really true. Like, Cody Bellinger yeah. was, like, their best player. Justin Turner, you know, Chris Taylor, like you mentioned. 
uh, a lot of their pitchers like Kershaw and Walker, Walker Bueller, Bueller, like yep. all homegrown guys, right? So I really think that that wasn't true for a while. But now we're starting to get back to we're it. We're starting to get back to it. I mean, their best players are Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner yep. and Mookie Betts. Yep. And if they got Juan Soto, it would be like they're like the reason they are a good baseball team is because they have the ability to pay all these guys that other teams couldn't pay. Um, and granted, they have a lot of good prospects and they had to give up a lot to get some of those guys. But um there you go. There are my musings for the, Do- yeah, on, on the Dodgers for today. I felt really nervous about Juan Soto coming to the National League West for a while. Um, I think all D-backs fans have the timeline in their head that two years from now, you're hopefully competing for a sure. playoff spot. Sure. Maybe getting into the mode where you're going to compete to see possibly if you can get to the World Series. But if Juan Soto comes to the National League West, does that not just throw a huge wrench into those plans? Yeah. Yeah. It's... <laughs> I, I mean, don't even Juan, know if I can talk about it without yeah. like Yeah. I mean, I guess do you think the team that trades for Juan Soto if he is traded, which if not this trade deadline it probably will happen at some point. Do you think there's an op- there's a chance that whatever team trades for him doesn't re-sign him in a couple well, of years? I guess a better question is what team can re-sign him for right. 500 million. Right. There's not a lot of teams that are going to be willing to spend right. that type of money. That's true. Which is why it's almost been a surprise that the Cardinals are in on it and it feels like the Cardinals are the team that if they do make that trade, they're not going to be able to sign him. Yeah. Like it just feels like there's too much going on in St. Louis. They're not usually as competitive as that, you know, after these free ag- or after free agents. Um the Dodgers for sure could sign him. So I think that's something that they would work on. The Padres to me, the Padres are in a really weird spot because they've got this yeah, owner that's just dumping money right yeah. now, just left and right and dumping like money. it's like not really working. And when are, <laughs> when are you going to, I mean, like, when are you going to start feeling the effects of that? Like, are you really ready to go into the luxury tax Yeah, equal to the Dodgers? Like, you're probably not. And so to me, the Padres are so up in the air on whether or not I could see them re-signing him because... On top of this, they've got a ton of kids that they're going to have to re-sign too. Like, yeah. They got Tatis signed, but what are you going to do with the rest of your prospects? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. The Padres are, their farm system somehow is still pretty loaded. I mean, they've just had, they've, they've drafted well. They have a lot of good young players in that system still. Um, but yeah, there there is a part of me, Jacob, that wonders if it might not be the worst thing in the world for other teams in the NL West if the Padres like completely gut their farm system making some of these moves because in my mind that's the that's the most like fearsome part of the Padres is what they could be if like a lot of these young guys actually come up and actually perform you know if you trade a whole bunch of them for one guy who's only there for two years in some ways that doesn't necessarily feel like a bad thing I guess um although if Juan Soto winds up there for 15 years then that's unfortunate it does hurt it does hurt a little bit it does hurt a little bit but it's okay he's got the marine layer when he's in San Diego right so (laughs) you're hoping that the marine layer weighs him down a little bit more (laughs) I'm sure that will happen um as far as the Diamondbacks are concerned uh Zach Davies was our thumbnail picture today for for a reason uh he is making the start today um which is a little bit surprising uh just kind of extrapolating his pitch counts and and what he'd been working on uh over the last couple weeks i was pegging like mid-august as the most likely return for zach davies so this is really a couple weeks ahead of schedule and uh for me and for probably a lot of people out there 
this sort of feels like an audition. Like a, <laughs> I was literally about to say, is this just an audition it's, for it tomorrow? It is 100%, at least in my mind. I think it's a trade deadline audition. There's no reason for the Diamondbacks to try to like rush back Zach Davies um, in order. I know they're a little bit thin right now with Tyler Gilbert out, but there's really no reason they had to do this other than to possibly... Um, you know, see what Zach Davies could do and if he could possibly attract a trade suitor. Uh, Michael McDermott says in the chat, Davies is not going to pick up his half of the mutual option, which is no. 100% correct. The Diamondbacks will lose Zach Davies at the end of the season unless they try to uh, come up with some other deal to bring him back. And uh, that doesn't seem particularly likely. No. And Zach Davies has been a nice piece rotationally for them. Yeah. I think it was just kind of a flyer deal in terms of you needed a roster spot filled. You needed a rotation spot filled. Your younger arms probably weren't ready for that spot. Sure. I mean, they weren't committal to Tyler Gilbert filling that spot. Um, you didn't know what you had in some of the minor league arms at the time. So Zach Davies was a guy coming off a bad year but had a proven track record right. of being a good 4-5, at best maybe a 3, and filling into that that hole that you needed to fill. But I think going forward, the D-backs are going to be really reliant on their farm system whether the numbers look great in Reno or not, I think that they're yeah. finally feeling like they're in a in a space where they can see what they have. Yeah. And so Davies isn't really in the picture going forward. So to me, I'm really curious to see how he does today because unfortunately he lost a couple months of this of time to to showcase what he had for contenders. And now it's kind of like a do you trust what you see tonight or are you Yeah. Yeah, this is a pretty big outing. I mean, if he goes out there and gets destroyed then Zach Davies is probably going to stay with the Diamondbacks. Yeah. And if he goes out there and really pitches well, they're probably going to find a way to trade him would be would be my guess. Um, and I have to admit, Jacob, on the conversation that we were having a couple days ago about the over-under on two and a half major Starting players. Starting to feel so confident. You know, I was taking the under, but now that Zach Davies is suddenly <laughs> back in the picture, I kind of want to take the over because I do think the D-backs will move either Ian Kennedy or Joe Mantiply. And I think that... At least right now, it seems fairly likely that Zach Davies could get moved now that he's starting uh, in this game. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what what happens tonight in this one. Uh, regardless, it's good to have Zach Davies back. The Diamondbacks really missed his presence in the rotation. Um, he hasn't been an ace, but he's been very, very yeah. steady for them this season. Um, but more important than any of these things, Jacob, did you hear about Seiya Suzuki's uh, hot dog order like, I didn't. like his toppings i didn't but he's in chicago which makes me think they're probably trash yeah yeah that's a fair that's a fair <laughs> assessment so I, i'm curious what everyone in the chat has to say about this and of course what you have to say jacob uh leah if you want to chime in on this too. At craig morgan um yeah <laughs> yes also we want to know what craig thinks um all right so he said this right they they asked him on the broadcast and say suzuki said that on a hot dog he wants jalapenos pickles green onion Ketchup and mustard with lots mm. of ketchup. He specified lots of ketchup. So we have jalapenos, pickles, green onion, lots of ketchup and mustard. Jacob, how do we how do we feel about this? <laughs> Look, I'm all for a specialty hot dog. Yeah. Like sure. there's a place in Phoenix, uh, doghouse that you can go to that's just got like different oh, yeah. hot dogs on deck, right? They've got their run of the mill, you know, chili cheese dog. They've got the pineapple dog. They've got whatever you want, right? They have a pineapple I'm, dog. I'm all well, it's a hot dog with pineapple and like teriyaki and bacon on it. It's Ooh, it's really good. Okay. That does um, sound pretty good. And like good. green onion can fit into a hot dog like that. Sure. But like it seems to me that the hot dog that Seiya Suzuki is eating 
It's just a combination of a bunch of different specialty hot dogs, <laughs> but none of it makes any sense yeah. together. Like jalapenos <laughs> on a hot dog, sure. Like I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, but in like, some situations. Like, yeah. give me some, maybe some like cheese whiz on the top of it with some jalapenos. Like you could maybe start building something fun there. But yeah. if you're mixing jalapenos, m- mustard, ketchup, pickles, like it just, I don't like pickles to begin with, so that immediately disqualified sure. it for me. But it's just. That's just gross. Do you like? I have to ask you this. Do you like relish? I hate relish. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So if you, I'm gonna get a hot dog, it's usually probably ketchup, mustard, and like some like diced onions on the. Top. Okay, diced onions are definitely a win. I'm with you there, Leah. Do you like relish? Am I the only um, person here that likes relish? I'm not a relish fan, and also the fact that that person had lots of ketchup makes me think it's not Chicago. Because if I learn one thing from Craig Morgan, it's that <laughs> they don't put ketchup on their hot dogs in Chicago. Um, and also, just while I'm on the mic, I'm gonna throw my two cents in. I just like a basic ketchup and mustard on a hot dog like a just you know a ballpark hot dog but if i'm going all out on like a brat or something Ooh. which to me is a little different vibes brats are yeah, good brats are but much that, better that's than different and that Ooh, i like i like that's way better mustard and and that's when i like the peppers and the onions and you know that sort of thing so two I different directions can we get a, there. Can we get a, a chat response to what jesse just said are brats better than hot dogs I would argue it depends on what you're, really? you want. I don't even think that's a debate. I it mean, I like Polish. I, I get a Polish when I go to the game. But you like have to get all beef. My go-to at a baseball game oh, okay. is a Polish with kraut. Okay. I do a Polish with kraut. Interesting. But like if I had to choose between a brat and a hot dog, I feel like hot dogs are much more customizable. So they've got a little more versatility. But I'd be curious Michael to see what Michael eats the... hot dogs plain. Well, <laughs> I don't know how I go. feel. That's, that's also a bold choice. <laughs> Charles likes relish. <laughs> Really? Oh, and the cl- and there the cl- we go. And the clutch cannot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, Leah, scroll down. I got to see what people okay, are responding sorry. to my question. Okay, behind. Josh's brats are better. Thank you, Josh. I got so much flack a few months ago when we were talking about how I liked relish. Emma thought relish was horrible. Derek thought good. relish was horrible. I think relish is amazing. I put relish on a burger yesterday. And Oof. and I I am not I am not, Do not ashamed. out yourself like this. No, I am not ashamed. I put relish on a burger and I thought it was wonderful. Um all right, what else? What else are people saying? So Brats Josh, are better, but different toppings. Sure, that's fair. It's a kind of a different. It's kind of a different. It's a different experience. vibe. Yeah, it's a different vibe. Um. Anyway, uh, pitching probables for uh the <laughs> hard uh, left turn. Yeah, hard hard left turn. Uh, the uh, pitching probables are out for the Diamondback series against the Cleveland Guardians uh, today. Of course, we said Zach Davies he'll go up against Cal Quantrill a former San Diego Padre. There's some some history there. Uh, Tristan McKenzie and Zach Gallen going tomorrow. Um, they have identical ERAs. What are the odds? Um, and then Shane Bieber and Madison Bumgarner in the series finale. So pretty even pitching matchups. They almost had two identical numbers. ERAs. There. Yeah, three nine, wow. three nine seven, three nine four. I mean, this is about as evenly matched as it gets. It is about as evenly matched as it gets. I, I think I looked at you before go. the show started, and I said I think the D-backs win the series. You did say that, which is another. Speaking of bold takes, <laughs> it's a bold take. I mean, here's the way I feel about the Diamondbacks right now, and here's the way I felt about how their weekend against the Atlanta Braves went. The Braves, to me, are the same way I feel about the Dodgers in that it's kind of a reality check where you go into that series and you're like, okay, like we're not necessarily there yet. And they competed in spots, right? Merrill Kelly kept them in that game. The first game, I honestly think, was a much closer game than five to two because 
three of those runs scored via error. Yeah. So I thought that game <laughs> those, was... Those don't count. Right. <laughs> bad defense bad is defense not... Bad defense does not count. It doesn't exist. <laughs> right. But it's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like... They do count as unearned runs, right? That yeah. game should have been closer without Very the lapses avoidable, in defense. Though. Very avoidable, though. It is avoidable. Um, and so it was one of those, like, hold up. You're not in that echelon yet. If you look at their run differential, a bulk of their run differential, if not all of it, is all against the Dodgers and the Braves. Like their run differential against those two teams is probably somewhere in the minus 40s. It might even be worse than that. Right, minus against 40. The minus, Dodgers, and their run differential really in total is like low minus 40s. Yeah. Right now. So like to me, they've been competitive against just about every team in Major League Baseball other than those super teams, you know, the teams that have won the World Series in the last right. few years or in a spot to compete for the next five to ten years. Those are not the teams I'm comparing the D-backs against. I think the team like the Indians is a more marginal team that's the easier. Or, sorry, it's the Guardians. I did, I did flip that. <laughs> that, is, that, in, that is, mistake was inevitable yes, at some point during yeah. the show. <laughs> uh, the Guardians, my bad. They are they are a much better team to compare the D-backs against. And yeah. so I just have a feeling that they come out and feel a little better to me than they did against the Braves. Like, it just wasn't a fair comparison. Yeah, and the Diamondbacks got, I mean, I know Ian Anderson's numbers aren't great this year, but he was on point in that second game of that series, and obviously Max Freed is what he is and, like, a, you know, a definite Cy Young uh, candidate. And then, um, you know, the, the Braves pitching throughout the entire series was really was really outstanding. So, um yeah, it was yeah a zero point nine two ERA for the starting good pitchers. Luck. Yeah, good luck good against luck. the Atlanta Braves. I don't think the Diamondbacks are too sad to be leaving nope. uh, to be leaving Atlanta. Um, but hey, we're gonna jump into some Mailbag Monday questions here in a second. Uh, before I do that, um, I want to tell all of you about gophnx.com, our lovely website where you can read all sorts of fascinating articles from. Yours truly, as well as Gerald Bourget about the Suns, Johnny Venerable covering the Cardinals, Owen Evans on Rising, um, and so on and so forth. So much, so much good stuff to read over there. So uh, become a member of our family today, and you will either get a free T-shirt from the PHNX Locker, uh, like the one that I am donning here today. I'm um, donning one under my. Why do you got to hide it, Jacob? Why are well, you wearing a jacket anyway? It's an MLB show, and I just MLB needs to expand. Okay, and, and so I'm just repping one of those expansion Fair spots. Fair enough. That's that's a that's a reasonable explanation. We'll let that slide. Um, uh, so yeah, you can get a free T-shirt for the PHNX Locker if you go with the annual membership. If you go month to month, you'll get your first month for just fifty cents just for signing up. Um, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, at PHNX Sports. That's where you'll find us on YouTube. Uh, if you're joining us on YouTube right now, which presumably you are because there's currently no way to listen, no other way to listen to this show. Um, but uh, you also could be listening to us after the fact on our audio only show. If you're one of those people, we'd love for you to join us on YouTube in the future. Uh, go over to our PHNX Sports YouTube channel and be sure to subscribe there. Um, but we all know what day it is, Jacob. Um, as as Derek would tell you all if he was here, uh, every day is Earth Day on the PH Next Diamondback show. Every week is Shark Week. But on Mondays, we go to the mailbag.
I know you all miss. See, you guys miss Jacob doing this like through that entire song. It's a bop. It is a bop. It Shout absolutely out is. Shout out Mega Rand. We love that guy around here. Uh, but it is Mailbag Monday uh, and Leah Merrill is behind the Mac today. And uh, me and Jacob are both semi-blind, so we can't see the questions <laughs> on the screen. So, uh, Leah. Jeez, uh, Jesse. <laughs> throw us under the bus. I am I am open and honest when I am hosting the it's PH okay. next Diamondback show. Uh, but Leah, if you could queue up the first question, you can pick pretty right. much whichever one you want. I'm what just going to go in the order that I, I labeled them. So here okay. we go. First up from the Discord, we got Josh Hunt, who I know is here watching. Um, with I don't know how to say this. Melanson. Mila- okay, I was gonna, not going to say it that way. Former Arizona Wildcat for anybody who needs to know. There you wow, go. I feel like I should have known that then. Um, with Melanson <laughs> struggling in these non-save situations, are you looking to bring someone in at the trade deadline to fix that, or do you have a different proposal? No. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I wish. I wish there was it would make some sort of sense to bring in someone at the trade deadline, but the Diamondbacks are not exactly in a mode where you're trying to like go buy relievers at this point. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, Josh, I think you might be stuck with Mark Melanson. Uh, The Diamondbacks, I mean, really all they could do at this point, I mean, they could release Mark Melanson as much as I hate to say that. Um, That's pretty much their only option at this point. If they, if they don't want to have him on the roster, um, but yeah, I mean, the guy has lost nine games and for people who in the comments are saying things about Mark Melanson, <laughs> like maybe not wanting him on the roster anymore, yeah. I, I understand where you're coming from, but that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. No, um, I think the answer to the D-backs closer situation is probably somewhere in the minor leagues, somewhere down the road, but you're not yeah. looking for a dominant closer right now. No, you're not ready for that. When you are ready, we'll let you know. AJ <laughs> like, Preller will answer the phone, right? AJ Just Preller, go like, call AJ Preller about Josh Hader and see if you can, you know, bring him now from San Diego over to Arizona. I'm is Josh sure. would Josh Hader? Do you think Josh Hader is going to end up being the first hundred million dollar closer? Has there been another hundred million dollar closer? I don't think Ooh, there has. That's a good question. I don't think there has. Um, he hasn't had that great of a year this year um, in terms of ERA. You said earlier ERA yeah, so, is like so he, gave, he gave up was, like six runs was, in one, so in one yeah, outing though. Yeah, so he was um, he was at like a one three with twenty five saves, and there was sure. two back to back like back to back outings where he went a third of an inning combined between the two and gave up nine runs. Ah, so that would that would cause your ERA <laughs> to just take a little bit of a skyrocket straight up but yeah 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 the the closer situation i think is you're looking two years into the future at somebody probably in the minor leagues taking that spot yeah michael says i pity the team that's stupid enough to give hater a hundred million dollars which which is fair i mean in my book it's almost never worth it to give a reliever that much money because they're just such a, the rockies such a ball yeah yeah the rockies <laughs> would probably be the team to do that um anyway uh leah what do we uh what do we got next <laughs> all right now Next up from the Discord from Brett. Now that Scott Efros of the Cubs is moved, do you think the market on Mantiply heats up? And what do you imagine the return for him could be given his struggles these last few weeks? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, the reliever market probably will start to move a little bit more. Um, Scott Efros, I don't know if he was really like a lock to get moved. He has like five years of control left. Yeah. So the Cubs really did not have to move him. I guess they yeah, just I'm pretty kind of... sure they were pretty mad at CHGO. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would not surprise me. Scott Efros is a really good pitcher. Yeah, their, their thumbnail um, was what the F Ross. Ah, yeah. So well, they made so their they were point not clear. thrilled about that move. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. I don't know what this means exactly for uh, for the Joe Man supply market. I still would be 
I think it's an under 50% chance, personally, the Mantiply gets moved. Jacob, I don't know where you're at on that, but the, he has several years of control he's left. four years so. of control. Yeah. Like, to me, that's the name that I'm, I'm looking to probably keep here. Like, that's a guy that you have for a while at a good price, and why not see what you have? Because those four years probably fits a little bit of your timeline. Like, you'll get him yeah. for a couple years that you are expecting to be competitive to me. Yeah, so like right. I think that the amount of time that they have him under contract, it just doesn't make sense to move him. Sure. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why you're like so worried about relievers in the future, though, Jacob, because the Diamondbacks always have a bunch of controllable, young, excellent relievers ready to go. No, that is not true. It's um, not true. Yeah, it is. It is very not true. That is so. the one knock I have on, on Hazen's regime so far is that he just loves himself. Some older 30, receivers that might year old, be on the way out. year old closer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Michael says Mantiply is a sell-high candidate, in my opinion, which he absolutely is. Um, Mantiply would fetch a lot on the trade market right now. Um, but it's just a matter of if the Diamondbacks get an offer like what they're looking for uh, for a guy like Mantiply. So I don't expect it to happen necessarily, but I wouldn't be totally shocked if it did. So... We'll have to see. Uh, Leah, what do we uh, what do we got next? All right. Also from the Discord, from Chris, underrated and overrated baseball Ooh. stats and why? Wins. Pitcher wins. Okay. Completely overrated. Yeah. That is a god-awful I mean, statistic. Is that even overrated at this point, though? Like, don't people kind of know that at this point? I think point? average baseball fans look at wins and think, oh, my God, Merrill Kelly has 10 wins. He's the best pitcher ever. And Merrill Kelly's very, very good. So yeah, that's probably and a bad right. example. <laughs> but then you look at a guy like Zach Gallen, who's got five wins. Sure. That's probably not his fault. Like probably not. You, yeah. you you need run support. You have to go a certain amount of innings to qualify versus like a relief pitcher that's got to go a third of an inning to qualify. Sure. Like you have to actually rack up stats. So like pitcher wins to me are the lowest barometer of success for a pitcher. Yeah, I think that's a that's a, a pretty pretty far a pretty fair argument. Um, I would say I'm gonna go like full nerd mode here. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you all knew this was gonna happen. Um. This is not this is not a crazy one though. Um, weighted runs created plus. You ever heard of you ever heard of WRC this one? plus? WRC plus. There you go. Jacob knows. Um, as well as weighted on base average, which is typically referred to as WOBA. Um, and uh, yeah, Michael McDermott uh, talked about WOBA as well there Woba's, in the chat. WOBA's good too. I like FIP. Yeah. yeah, and FIP is a great one for pitchers. So yeah, uh, weighted runs created plus and WOBA. Those are both great stats to evaluate hitters. Um, they're park adjusted and frankly, they're just better than OPS. Um, OPS is a great like starting point for evaluating players. And I use OPS all the time, um, but it really is a starting point. Like it's 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 very different having an 800 OPS like in Coors Field versus having an 800 OPS like in San Diego or something <laughs> like that. Right. Like OPS doesn't capture differences in ballparks. It also doesn't really like. Just adding together your on-base percentage and your slugging percentage is like uh, you're kind of implying that like those two numbers have an equal amount of weight to them, which they don't necessarily. So uh, weighted runs created plus and and weighted on-base average do a better job of kind of bringing everything together. It's also a really easy number to read because 100 is always league average. Um, and so, you know, 120 Ooh. is good and 80 is bad, That those sorts of things. Um, another deal. Another deal. Okay. Frankie Montas. Frankie Montas. Okay. Oakland A's and Lou Trevino to the Yankees. Interesting. All right. Well, I think the Yankees were the only team that was expected to be in toward the end there. So that's not necessarily the most surprising, but yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe maybe we're going to see some movement since the deadline's been pushed back. Maybe we're going to see some earlier movement than usual. Yeah, everyone's like, wait, didn't we have to have these moves done by July 31st? Like, everyone's confused. <laughs> They're like, just oh, like, wait, it's I don't August know what we're 2nd. doing. <laughs> um, although, I guess that hasn't really happened because there were basically no moves that were made by July 31st. So, uh, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> um, Trey Mancini Another to Houston. One. Interesting. That one kind of disappoints me because the Orioles are playing really well. And I don't really understand why they're why they're trading a guy like Trey Mancini who's been there for so many years and is really beloved by that fan yeah, base. But that to me signifies an organization that knows what they're doing. They know that they're not Yeah. Like while they're competitive right now, they know that they're not in a space to compete. Sure. So like moving on from Mancini so like to, why do you have to be so rational, Jacob? Like it's to me it's like the David Peralta move, right? You move a guy that's yeah. given a lot to the organization, you go give him your, his best chance to win. Right. Like I know Tampa's probably not the best chance to win for Peralta, but for Mancini, Houston is a great place to land. I mean, he's yeah. probably ecstatic at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trey Mancini's a, I mean, great player. And I know Orioles fans really, really love that guy. So I'm sure it's a sad, sad day in Baltimore. But um, yeah, we'll have to see what the return is on that one. Um, what do we uh, what do we got next? Yeah, let's Leah? just get back to the mailbag. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Back to the mailbag. We got from Twitter. What's the best spicy chips Ooh. from Gabriel? Derek was really upset he that was, he didn't he get to answer this upset. question. Yeah. But he gets no say. So <laughs> he, yeah, he jokes he on not. him. Have fun in Disneyland. Loser. We get to answer this question. <laughs> uh, mm, this is tough. Probably Flamin' Hot Cheetos for me. Okay. Just the OG, like that's the OG spicy chip. Are me. you are you doing the extra flaming hot, or are you just doing the? In flaming college, hot? I did, but my body did not like me for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't really enjoy like intensely spicy foods myself, so I am not a great person to ask this question to. <laughs> what's, I, what's your level of spice? You know, I've I've grown. I can I can do I can do more than I used to do when I was a kid. It was mild salsa. It was I would not touch anything that had the slightest bit of spiciness to it. I've never had those. Uh, no, I have not either. I ate a fair amount of spicy nacho uh, chips growing up. So, you know, like they're the, like the Doritos. Like the but spicy like, nacho cheese Doritos? Yeah, the spicy nacho cheese Doritos. And they were probably not very good compared to some of the other things out there. But I haven't had some of the other things out there. Have so. you so ever your... had... Oh, sorry. Ahead, have you ever had the Trader Joe's Takis? Yeah. Oh, those are good. Those, those are, are really good. good. Are Takis good? Takis are okay. The Trader okay. Joe's ones are really good because they're ch- like chili lime. And they're probably a little healthier for you probably than like i mean i don't know talkies. i feel like trader joe's just markets themselves healthy but <laughs> they could everything inside of trader joe's is healthy i don't care what it is <laughs> yeah i totally agree with brian in the chat always good going down just not out <laughs> it, is, it is just the bane of spicy food yeah. is that, well it's delicious and i think spicy food is sometimes better than non-spicy food sure it does not like me yeah you, you kind of pay for it yeah. eventually. Uh, yeah, it's inevitable. <laughs> um, all right, Leah, let's do one more and then we'll take a quick break here. All right. We got from Rick. Isn't it time to start cycling some of the pitching prospects through the pen to get their feet wet and see how their stuff plays or doesn't? I'll let you take this, Jesse. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Um, some of the pitching. Pro- yeah, yeah. I think... Um, I think the Diamondbacks have a few pitching prospects that probably will start out in the pen. I think if you see a Dre Jamison or probably a Ryan Nelson 
at the big league level this season, I think you're probably going to see him in the bullpen. Um, and honestly, it's not out of the question that that's where, you know, up. one or both of those guys <laughs> could end up. Uh, Dre Jameson is an is a max effort, you know, I'm going to throw 99. <laughs> like he is that sort of a guy. And so, um, yeah, like watching him pitch, he kind of looks like a reliever. Like he has yeah. this like intensity to him. Um, and not to say Which that I can't need. play. Yeah, yeah, you, you need, need that from a reliever. You absolutely do. Yeah, and, and not to say that he couldn't last as a starter either. I just think, you know, if he is a starter, it's probably more of like a, get him through five innings sort of a sort of an outlook than you know someone who's going to pitch deep into games regularly but um I do think that's likely in fact if you know if the Diamondbacks do decide to let go of an Ian Kennedy or a Joe Mant supply in a trade in the next there 24 hours to fill there will be spots to fill um and I don't know if you'd see a Dre Jameson or a Ryan Nelson up immediately okay. that would sort of surprise me but I think you'd probably see one or both of those guys at some point this year uh filling those roles yeah, I keep, I mean, I think just like you, I keep a pretty close eye on the minor league system. And Reno, I feel like, is always just a tough place to judge whether or not like a guy yeah. is ready, right? So you look yeah. at a few different key stats for a guy, his walk rate, is, you know, anything that he can avoid, right? I feel like that's for young relievers, that's such a great mark to yeah. look at. You're is, looking at like what, what do they really control at right, the end what, of the day? And exactly. their ERA is not really a great measure of that. So. Right. Right. So, I mean, guys like Ryan Nelson and, and Drake Jameson, like that's not, they're not bad late year call-ups if, especially if you're out of it and like, you're just looking to see what you have for the next year. Like you just never know how a guy's stuff is going to translate to the big leagues. Yeah. It's a whole different animal when you get up to the majors. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Michael made a really good point in the chat. There are some other names in here we should also bring up. Um, he says, I think we'll see guys like Workman, Frias, and Bukowskis before we see Jameson or Nelson in a BP role this year. Yeah, I think that's totally true. And in my mind, I almost don't think of those guys as prospects in some ways because right. we've like seen them in, in the majors. But yeah, they're definitely ahead on the depth chart from yeah. Jameson or Nelson in Frias, my mind. Frias is a lot like Tommy Henry to me right now in that like he's just doing stuff down in the minors that's like, all right, like in Reno where he's got like a 3-3. Three, yeah. three, but then he comes up to the big leagues and he has issues with walks. Yeah, and so he just like, can't throw strikes. He can't yeah. throw strikes. But then you get a guy like, I mean, we haven't even thrown out the name Kevin Ginkle. Yeah, like he's Kevin Ginkle is he's just a, dominating. Kevin he's got like a one the something ERA. Yeah, and he hasn't even gotten called up once this year. It's pretty crazy. I mean, yeah, that guy has been in this organization for a long time. We were talking about him being the Diamondbacks closer. They were, like, like, there a was few a period of time where they were really high on him, and they haven't even pulled him up this year once. Yeah. So if I think if you see a man supplier, a Kennedy moved, um, you, you know, those are the types of guys that are going to fill those roles yeah. first. Um, but wouldn't be surprised to see Dre Jameson or uh, Ryan Nelson up at some point. We'll have yeah. to see how how things go. Um, all right. Quick word here from uh, OGs. Uh, Jacob, were you able to attend the uh, Maya Day Club? OGs. What? What? Did I say it wrong? <laughs> no, you just the way you went into that read. It was like. It's like you were like pushing the glasses up and you're like, oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Please continue. Well, Jacob, Sorry. Jacob is mocking me over here. Um, but <laughs> hey, uh, oh, geez. We have free stuff for all of you. Uh, enter the Flavoring Life sweepstakes. This is new. Uh, one winner will receive three. Yes, three bags of OGs, including three. <laughs> Including orange creamsicle and tropical flavors, an OG's hat, a PHNX shirt of your choice. Wow, we're in we're in this too, and a PHNX annual membership. Um, 
<laughs> I'm not appreciating the flack I'm getting in the comments. Uh, sign up at gophnx.com or click the link in our show notes. Um, and as always, be sure to check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. That is a monstrous package of things. There's a lot of things. That is a lot of things. A lot of great things. A lot of wonderful things. Like people should 100% sign up for that sweepstakes. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, beyond that, I also want to give a quick word for Four Peaks, uh, which, of course, we had a blast hanging out at Four Peaks uh, last Wednesday doing all of our shows there. Um, Jacob, can you attest to the wonderful uh, chicken tenders oh, as well as I can? The chicken tendies have gotten me a lot of flack <laughs> in this in this office space, especially How by you get flack a person who I tendies? won't name, uh, Bo Brock. Um, which is who funny says, because literally every single member of our staff ordered chicken tenders yeah right. it was kind of funny it was like a table with like eight orders of chicken tenders but the fries. tendies are probably the most elite thing that they have on their menu yeah i they mean their, beer, look, their beers are probably the most elite thing that they have on their menu but like the tenders in terms of food it's hard to beat that on their menu the chicken tenders honestly look like fish and chips which is they amazing do. because they give you like nine of them yeah <laughs> and and it's like because you know like the batter like the i don't know there's something about fish and chips that just like it's usually like a better experience than chicken tenders. I don't know. If you don't get the chicken tenders at Chase Field, everyone, they're just not, they're just not very good. But the chicken well, tenders. Well, grill isn't good. Um, are, do they have different chicken tenders I at Gonzo's Grill? I think they have probably the same chicken tenders. Okay. Well, no, I've they just have had sauce, the chicken tenders at Red Hot or whatever it is. At Gonzo's Grill. Oh, okay. Okay. But not even close to what they have at Four Peaks. The point is, yes, the Four <laughs> Peaks chicken tenders are far and away the best chicken tenders you will find on the planet. Um, Gabriel says, can't wait for my $50 Four Peaks card to arrive. Yeah. I'm going to get tenders and get lit. Yes, you do that, Gabriel. Um, yeah, Gabriel won the uh, our Four Peaks sweepstakes, if I'm not mistaken. He did. Um, so I think so. Congratulations to Gabriel. Yes, he that, did. Was a, that was a big, big win for him. Um, all right, back to Mailbag Monday. We'll take a, a few more questions here to finish <laughs> things off. Um, Chasefield tendies sad. sad. Four Peaks tendies <laughs> rad. Accurate. This, this is why we this keep you around, accurate. Charles. Uh, this is why we need you here. Uh, anyway, what is uh, what is our next question? Okay, next question from Twitter from Miguel. Who's the first outfielder you call up now that Peralta is gone? I feel like there's three to four candidates that make a strong case. Mm. Stone Garrett, but also Kevin Ginkle just got selected for Reno as we were literally ranting about wow. how he hadn't been selected wow. for Reno. Seth Beer recalled. Seth Beer Beer, 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 beer. You know, we have some amazing Seth Beer t-shirts, everyone, that just became so much more relevant <laughs> in the last 30 seconds. Uh, so you should go over to the PHNX locker right now and check those out because they are absolutely incredible. Uh, this is this is big, though. This uh, is fun. Seth, Yeah, Seth Beer is a guy that uh, actually we didn't wind up talking about this, but that was literally on our show rundown for today because Seth Beer has been rumored in the last few days as being someone that the Diamondbacks would consider calling up. Um, and it sounds like he'll probably be maybe not totally every day in this role, but he'll probably be the DH for the Diamondbacks yeah. like in general, uh, which I guess means that Cattell Marte is going to have to start playing second base. Um, so, uh, yeah, big, big news here, Jacob. How do we feel about Seth Beer back in the majors as the Diamondbacks DH probably most of the time? I'm probably the wrong person to ask about a lot of D-backs prospects. I know a lot about them, but I'm also just super high on a lot of people like I just think that they have a really good farm system and I'm you know I want the best for every single player that they have coming up because that's just 
the fan in me. Sure. Um, I was doing some calculations before the show, and I believe over his last 10 games in Reno, Seth Beer was hitting 394. Mm. So if you put it, you know, if you factor in the Reno adjustment, it's probably like about 250, 280, maybe. 250, yeah. 250, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so I love Seth Beer's bat. I think he came up, he started hot, but a lot of those hits were just finding the right hole. Like it was yeah. not a lot of them were hard hit. They were just no. kind of. No. finding space right wherever he had grass a was for a little for a little while so there I, yeah and even when he got down to reno he struggled a lot as well yeah so like for him to finally start picking back up i think his numbers for the year in reno or something like 250 with a 380 on base percentage so he just started picking that average back up and i think that the team is finally feeling like his hard hit rate was coming back up and so that it was time to maybe see what what he could do back in the majors because yeah that is a big piece i mean that was probably the cornerstone piece with corbin martin in the granky trade and so you're not going to give up on a bat like that so easy a bat that's had a track record of success everywhere it's gone in the minor leagues yeah for um, sure and showed signs of life even in phoenix yeah i mean there was lots of life on opening day that is for sure that is about that is as loud as we've heard that stadium for quite a while that was an incredible day um here's the full list of roster moves this is a a heck of a heck of a How roster. Many roster spots There's, do they have they they did a lot here so i'll give you guys the quick rundown for those who don't know so uh they reinstated zach davies from the 15 day injured list which we expected he's making the start today they recalled infielder seth beer from triple a reno they selected right-handed pitcher kevin ginkle from triple a yeah. reno so those are your three players coming in and then your three players going out they placed left-handed pitcher Caleb Smith on the 15-day injured list with a fractured right hand. Um, that's interesting. I had his not. Right hand. Yeah, his right hand. So, so not that has his, to be non-baseball related. Potentially. Probably. Yeah, that's not his throwing hand. Obviously, he's a lefty. Um, they also optioned infielder Yanni Hernandez to Reno following yesterday's game, and he will remain on the taxi squad. And then lastly, this is interesting. They optioned right-handed pitcher Corbin Martin to Reno uh, following yesterday's game. So. Uh, you bring up Seth Beer and you and you send down Corbin Martin. So uh, there is a lot, a lot that just went down yeah. for the Diamondbacks <laughs> here in this in this roster move. No, and I think the Corbin Martin one is interesting. I think that's probably the biggest thing that I'm intrigued by there yeah. because to me it felt like Corbin Martin was going to be a guy that they wanted to see what they had for the rest of the year. Like I don't know, for starting pitchers, it's just really hard to get on a regular schedule if you're constantly going back and forth between Reno and the majors. And so that one disappoints me a little bit in that I wanted them to ride with it and see maybe, like, this is your time, right? He's 26. He's been in the minor leagues for a while. Like, he's shown success at a few different levels. Just see what you have. What do you have to lose? But I guess the Davies thing, and it could just be that Davies is – auditioning today and there's a move tomorrow and you see Corbin Martin next week like yeah you could just have to make room for Davies for the day um and that's an interesting point by Michael there Tommy Henry lines up with Martin's rotation spot Mm. so that could be another thing where they're just making maybe a competition to see what they have between the two guys but uh, you know I mean to be frank Corbin Martin I don't know if um I mean you don't want to read too much into two starts right I mean it's such a limited sample but the guy really struggled. He I did. mean, it, it was he pretty. He did struggle to find the zone. It was kind of like a, I don't know if you can have this guy in the majors for very long, sort of a look. Like it, it was, it was pretty rough for him. 
Um, and yeah, as Michael points out, um, Corbin Martin can't be called up for at least 10 days unless there's an injury. So, um, and they do have more provisions in the CBA now for like, you know, excessively bringing guys up and then sending them down and then bringing them up again and, and so on. So it's going to be a while before we see Corbin Martin again. Um, it does seem likely yeah. that Tommy Henry is, is probably going to take that spot in, in, uh, in their starting rotation. So and this is all bearing Zach Davies gets moved. Um, well, I mean, is there, is there an open spot now? There is an open spot okay. because, because you don't have yep. Tyler Gilbert anymore yep. Yep. and, and you just sent down Corbin Martin. So you've got two spots in the rotation, one of them for Zach Davies and then one of them theoretically for Tommy Henry. So you excited to potentially see what Tommy Henry looks like in the oh, big leagues? I've been excited to see what Tommy Henry looks like <laughs> since I watched him pitch in the college world series. Oh, you I, watched I, him pitch in the yeah, college world series. Yeah, I did watch series. him pitch okay. in the college world series. Um, I was really excited about that pick because I think he's a lefty arm that's not overpowering. But I think something that I really love when pitchers have the ability is like the ability to just have precision command. Yeah. And I think that's what Tommy Henry's biggest ability is, is like he is just a precision, a precision pitcher like Merrill Kelly. Mm. Right. Merrill Kelly doesn't overpower guys. I mean, he can right. he can lump it up to 93, 94 um, but he's he he works on precision alone, and and Tommy Henry to me is the epitome of that, just from the lefty side. And so um, I'm really excited to see what he can do. I hope he gets a shot this year. I think he yeah. will. Um, but I've definitely followed him for a really long time. Yeah, yeah. He's a. I mean, he's definitely. You're right. Don't expect Tommy Henry to come up and like throw 98. And you know, it's, it's not he's not that kind of a pitching prospect, but. He's the kind of guy where, you know, his command and, and his arsenal of different pitches could definitely land him as like a, you know, mid, maybe back of the rotation starter with, when all things are said and done, which there's a lot of value in, you know, a guy in, in the middle of the rotation who can uh, who can provide that sort of uh, that sort of value. So uh, Brian in the comments is beer coming up. Does that mean Walker is gone? I'm going to say no on that. Uh, not to say that Walker couldn't Oof. be moved, but. He's you're, played himself out of it at this yeah, point. You're not you're not gonna play Seth Beer at first base very much. No, but he's batting seventh today. Beer is batting seventh. Yeah, according to somebody in the chat, I can I can I is, can double is check. Is Beer on that. starting at first base today? Which I'm calling I'm calling my shot that uh, Seth Beer is hitting a home run tonight. Oh, I will I will okay. just go out and say if he is in the lineup. But let me qualify that if he's in the lineup, <laughs> like it's, he's going to Homer from the bench. <laughs> yes, he will. He will hit a home run tonight if he is in the lineup. I would be surprised if Seth Beer is uh, is starting at first base today. My guess is that he'll be in they there. Have not at tweeted DH. out the lineup yet. Um. Yeah, Gabriel says it could be just to fill the DH spot that Peralta would take. Yeah, the D-backs have a little bit more room. Um, now that David Peralta isn't in there, he's, Jake McCarthy was DHing off and on. Do we have a lineup? He's DHing, yeah. Okay. He's okay. DHing, and Christian Walker is playing first base. Okay. Yeah. So Seth Beer hitting seventh today, DHing. So uh, we're all excited to, of course, see what he has to offer in the lineup now that he's back up. Um, one interesting ramification of this is that Cattell Marte is probably going to have to play second base. I assume is Cattell in there at second base today in the Cattell lineup? Cattell is playing second base. Okay. So. And that's something that like Cattell has started doing a little bit more of lately. Um, but to be frank with you all, Cattell doesn't look real good at second base these days. The defense is I not what it used to be. It's it's so weird to me. Yeah. Because he was a good defender at second base. Yeah. He was like an above average defender right. like and, three and or then, four years and ago. And then he made the request to move to center field. Well, I don't know if he made that request. I think that was more out of necessity. And then he requested to go back to second base after from, that. From happened. what I know, he I think he asked. He asked to go to center from, field. From what I know, he was interested in playing center field. 
I think he was interested. I, I, maybe you're right. I was not aware that he like, like initiated that. I thought that was more out of necessity, but, um, and he was a good defender in center he field. He was a good defender like, in center field. Like, Diamondbacks fans don't realize how how blessed they've been with good defensive center fielders over the course of just the That's history true. of Diamondbacks baseball. Yeah. And Cattell Marte was like no slouch out there either. Yeah. So to me, it makes no sense how he makes the move back to second base, a historically not extremely hard defensive position. No. And even like, I mean, you see guys like Orlando Hudson, great second baseman. Um, but like Cattell should be good. Yeah defensively so i don't know if this year is just an enigma yeah or like if he just is like not fully committed to being and like i don't want to be like that guy but like maybe he just isn't like maybe coming from center field back to second base is like oh i'm going back to an easier defensive position than center field yeah like i don't have to you know i don't have to do as much do as much feel as much sure whatever it is he's got the talent to play at second base like there's no question about that I think he might just be having a down year defensively. Like, I, yeah. I think this might just be a fluke. Well, people are making some good comments here that uh, Spencer O'Gar says, yikes, the idea of Cattell at second and beer at first, no stopping balls on that. Half. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's to me, you can't have that. Like, I don't know if you can even have one game no. where Seth Beer and Cattell Marte no. is is the right side of the infield. I mean, that's just that's just a disaster on the defensive side of things. Um so yeah, this is interesting to see how the Diamondbacks play this. Um, I still feel pretty confident that Christian Walker is going to stay here, um, most likely just because I don't think other teams are going to value him as much as the Diamondbacks do. He's really struggled offensively over the last week or two anyway, which has probably not increased his value at all. So most likely Christian Walker is still here and you still can kind of get away with having a Cattell and Christian Walker right side of the infield. So we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, we've gotten completely off of Mailbag Monday here, but <laughs> uh, Leah, let's do one more question. Okay. Uh, left turn. Just, left one, turn. just one more. So I get to choose which one it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, it, oh, we've already been on here for like 50 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. I, so I, I, I just looked through the last four, so I, I already know which one I'm going to choose. Okay. okay. Right, so let's do it. This is the last one. Uh, from Spencer, if you could run the team for a day and only make one change, what would you alter and why? Ooh. People might hate me for mine. People are going to love me for mine. So you go you go first. I mean, I'm huge <laughs> on the farm system, so I'm making every trade <laughs> okay. possible in the next day. Like I'm trading away Christian Walker. I'm trading away. Mantle. Okay, you get, one change. Change. You get one, you get change. one change. That's not Bring like a... you start. I'll think about what I want to do. Right. Uh, mine is going to be a complete win with everyone in the comments and really everyone in the universe. Bring back purple and teal. It's not that complicated. Ooh, there that is, is a no, good one. There is no that singular is move. There is no singular move that you could make in the Diamondbacks front office than bringing back pur- purple and teal in order to like galvanize the fan base, like get people actually interested in Diamondbacks baseball who have maybe kind of vegged out over the last decade or so. It's bring back purple and teal. It's not that complicated. Yeah, that would probably have been mine, but I'll make it. I'll, I'll make okay. it. I'll make there another bold one. Um, Chase Field. I am just not a big fan. Sure. So I am. I am moving stadiums. Maybe if you build something out in Scottsdale, um, over by Talking Stick, over by where they've got their spring training facilities. I think that sure. seems to make a lot of sense, and is probably on their radar if they were ever to make a move. But um, I am getting rid of Chase Field, and I am moving to Scottsdale and or wherever they can find the space to build a new stadium because yeah. right now Chase Field is just not it. 
It's like, the it's the airplane hangar with the swimming pool. It's just not it. That's and I'm it getting rid of a pool. That is just <laughs> I'm just not spending ten thousand dollars to go sit at the pool. <laughs> so yeah, no, I would want a new stadium because I think that in the National League West you have some phenomenal baseball stadiums in San Diego, in San Francisco, in Colorado, and in Los Angeles. And you yeah. are just the bottom tier stadium yeah. sitting in Chase Field. So, yeah. no, you're I not. mean, obviously you still have to have a roof, but you have the ability to at least make something cool if you were to make a move right now. Mm. Low tone Capone says bring back Peralta. Oh, man. Mm. Uh, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, Jacob, have you made any uh, any good bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook app recently? No, not myself, but Sean can attest to you that I am his baseball whisperer when it comes to home runs. Oh. And there was a... So uh, everyone should bet on Seth there was home a, there was tonight? A, there Is was that what a you're saying? There was a chat earlier on when I made that prediction. Josh Hunt, I, I believe, said if Jacob is saying that you should bet on it, you should probably go bet on it. And this is not to toot my own horn, but I am three for three this year when giving Sean advice on guessing home runs. Wow. Like Have I you given was, anyone else advice? Is it just a it's like you just and Sean, Sean thing? right now? It's, oh, it's just, just a me and Sean, Sean thing. Okay. And it I it started as nothing, but maybe it's becoming something. I don't know. So let's just go through. I've given Alec Thomas's home run when we went to the game. Right. Like he we went to that, that game, game and I gave Sean the advice to bet on an Alec Thomas home run. And mm. so I gave him that one. And then I gave him, I believe, the Cattell Marte home run when Cattell hit a three run home run. Just recently, it was right after the All-Star break. It was the game that Sean sure. had nine hot dogs at. Oh, yes. So, Can't forget that so one. So <laughs> the, the Cattell Marte home run that day. And then when we were at Four Peaks last week, I called it Josh Rojas home run. Oh. And Josh Rojas hit a home run that day. There you go. So, Seth Beer, just if you're thinking about it tonight. You're such a giving person, Jacob. You just know all these things and you're just willing. To I see the future. I, yeah. <laughs> I just see the future. It's very, very generous of you. Um, anyway, you also download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Uh, use promo code PHNX. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. Maybe you want to throw it on Seth B or Homering tonight. I don't know. Uh, that's promo code PHNX. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, Jacob, we also have uh, a new a new friend of ours, a new sponsor here at PHNX, uh, which is none other than our friends at FOCO. Uh, we are all desperately missing bobbleheads uh, this baseball season, given the fact that they're are none on the Diamondbacks uh, promotional schedule. So uh, get your bobblehead fix with FOCO. Uh, they are a leader in sports, merchandise, and collectibles. FOCO has you uh, has got you covered with the best Arizona merchandise. They have officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids, and everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to Crocs. Quite a bit of variety there. Head on over to FOCO.com or click the link below in the description for all non-presale items. Use the co- promo code PHNX. For ten percent off, um, I miss bobbleheads, Jacob. We need. I do we miss more, bobbleheads. We need more Although, bobbleheads in the office. We need more, just like in general. I do want the Zach Gallon T-shirt. Mm. It's a great giveaway. That is a great giveaway. That's, that's a side point. August. But yes, I do 6th. miss bobbleheads. What's your favorite bobblehead on on that you've ever gotten? Ooh. Um. Hmm. I have. I have a few. I honestly don't have that many. Um. Growing up, I would always try to like go to the really cheap Diamondbacks games and mm-hmm. the bobblehead nights were always like, you know, like, oh, it's a free bobblehead, but the ticket costs twice as much. Like, it's not really a free bobblehead. Um, so I have I have a few. 
Um, I think the Robbie Ray strikeout counter bobblehead Ooh, one. was one of the one of the best ones. Uh, I think they did one with Cattell where he was like, I think you get like a left-handed or right-handed one because That's he's a, good a switch hitter, right? So those are a couple that I remember over the years. But what what about you, Jake? Uh, I really liked the Archie Bradley commemorative like triple bobblehead yeah the one where you can play the different calls yeah it's super cool and then you can like there's like one of them which is the um it plays the sound of the stadium like chanting archie 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 Mm. also like archie bradley was a memory like that just is like yeah whoa blast from the past there for a second yeah um that is a great bobblehead and i I still have that one kind of up in a spot like that is one of my favorite bobbleheads but none of them are as cool as focos yeah, Focos Foco, are cool. they are. They are pretty amazing. I hear you can get a Serpientis bobblehead, which so. honestly would be like one of the greatest things ever. Uh, so you all should absolutely go and get that. And you can use promo code PHNX and get 10% off your order. So be sure to get on that. Uh, we've been here for almost an hour and all sorts of moves are starting to happen. <laughs> so we better uh, we better go and make sure that uh, all of the uh, Jeff Passon tweets that we are here to consume them right in the moment that they arrive. Um, but anyway, thank you all to you for submitting questions. Uh, we'll try to uh, we'll try to archive some of these for next week's show. I know we didn't quite get to everything today, uh, but we very much appreciate all of you uh, tuning in. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Big show tomorrow. We're going to actually move it to 3 p.m. so that we are live right when the trade deadline happens. Uh, we'll be live then to break down whatever the Diamondbacks do uh, in the next 24 hours and uh, where Juan Soto gets moved or sort of whatever other things happen between now and then uh, should be a, a fun show tomorrow. Uh, breaking all of that down. Um, But thank you all again for tuning in. We really appreciate you being here with us. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when the trade deadline is actually active.